pure, authentic conversation. That's Soulfully Casual. So grab your favorite beverage, sit in your favorite chair. Here is your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Soulfully Casual. I am Matt Freitz, your host, and it's good to be back. Last week, I had to take a little bit of a hiatus. You got sick kids, you got renovations going on in your house, and these things are just going to happen. Uh, Sometimes you got to take a break because life happens. Sometimes you got to take a break because you got to take a break. So I want to say thank you to everybody who is watching on YouTube. Of course, if you are watching on YouTube, you can find all the social media handles at the bottom of your screen. If you're listening in the podcasting world, you can find those in the description of the episode wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. And of course, please visit Matty Ice Media because honestly, that's the place where you're going to get some of the best podcasts. So that is that is where we are. I hope everybody is having a great week. I have to admit, I have actually been been struggling a little bit lately. And this isn't going to be your usual fare from me it's a little bit more transparent. When I restarted the show, so to speak, you know, I I went on a new direction, a new theme song. I tried to give a different vibe. I didn't really want to get into the heavy topics that I had got into. But one thing that I have realized over the course of this podcast in general is that it's a cathartic experience. It's listed under the personal journal section if you're looking at your podcast charts. And so what does that mean? It means personal journals of me and any of the guests that I have on here. When I got into podcasting, I looked up to a certain, I guess, group of people that I felt were people to look up to in the podcasting world. One of them was Joe Rogan, because Joe Rogan is, of course, the preeminent podcaster right now with his podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. At the beginning of this show, I think it was like episode eight, I did an episode thanking Dan Lebetard and Stu Gotts because they were leaving ESPN And at the time, I didn't know what the future held for them. But now we know they have forged their own path, very, very similar to the Matty Ice Media path, by the way. So there is that. But they forged their new path. And one of the things that I always loved about them is their vigor for the, the spoken word, their vigor for working with their friends, and the integrity that they showed in the content that they wanted to provide. They believed in the content that they were providing They believed in the messages that they were handing out. And I had an incident recently with somebody that I know who I work with here in the podcasting world, and I'm not going to name any names. And really, it's not about, it's, it's really not about bashing them at all. What it has turned into for me is self reflection. As I've gotten older, I've become a lot better at internally looking. Now, I do go through periods where I can overanalyze things. And I get very, very critical of myself. I'm sure my friend Lee can attest to this because she's heard me or via text talk about how I'm, you know, I don't know. I wish I could do better. I wish I could be better. I overanalyze a lot of things. I'm really, really critical of myself. This interaction that I had with this person was something that felt very similar to me as it was happening. It had been percolating with over about a month, a month's time. And I guess in the moment, I wasn't realizing what exactly was triggering me to feel quite the way that I was feeling. I felt as if 
the integrity of the work that I was accomplishing with Maddie S Media and the podcasting stuff was at, at play here, that it was being questioned in the quality of my work, the dedication that I had put in, and also the dedication that I have to my family as well, because there were questions about why I was not dedicating more time to the podcast when my son was sick, my son was not feeling well. And honestly, he needed his father. It's what he asked for. And as a dad, I have strived to always be there for everything that he needs, no matter what it is. That my life is always going to be what it is. I am always going to be Matt first because I was Matt first before he was ever born. But if my son looks at me and said, I, I need you, I will 100% be there, no questions asked. It's never gonna be an issue for me. And it's taken me a long time in parenthood to really understand what I wanted to be as a parent. If you go back and listen to the early, early episodes of this show, I talked about the parent trap. And the parent trap and the idea that I didn't know what the hell I was doing. That you don't get a manual when you become a parent. And it takes time to get away from the, the task-oriented nature of the newborn phase to realize that, hey, it's more than just a job. You start to connect. And right now, I connect with my son more than ever. And so when he looked at me and says, Daddy, hold, well, I'm going to hold him. And if that means I got to put the podcast on hold, well, so be it. That's the way it works. And I guess the interaction with this person got to the point where I realized that no matter what I did, no matter what I said, was never going to matter. That the writing was on the wall. And the writing was very familiar to me, actually. And that's where I think it's, it's, it struck me a little bit. It shook me a little bit, that's a better word. It shook me into knowing that I had to react, that I had to do something now because I've been here before. And I decided to take a step away from this particular show that I was on and this particular show that I was helping produce content and edit and all that kind of good stuff. I knew that the interaction was never going to get any better and that if I wanted to salvage the friendship and relationship, that I needed to do something that I guess seems drastic to a lot of people, but was necessary. And in the time since that has happened, it's been almost a week, I've done a lot of thinking, a lot of reflecting, self-reflection about what happened, self-reflection about the way that I handled it. And I've sliced and diced the whole thing and, you know, overanalyzed, did I do this wrong? Did I do this, this right? I've asked people for their opinion. I've talked it over with my wife. I've talked it over with my best friends. And I've heard differing opinions on all sides. And what I've come to realize is that it's complicated. But I've also come to realize that my reaction and feelings about what I needed to do were rooted in something ancient and archaic. You know, the reason that I had been there before was because this was basically a microcosm of what I went through with my mom. And then I also realized that grief has been something that has been following me around it's been following me around silently, like a silent partner, like a barnacle. It isn't quite overt the way that it was when my mom died. It wasn't, it isn't quite, you know, so depressing that I just can't do anything. I'm able to do everything that I want. I'm able to function. But there are some times when I have an emotional response. There are some times where I have a physical response to something. And in the moment, I'm thinking about what it means in a vacuum. But what it really is, is this grief following me. The changes that have happened to me on a mental state, an emotional state, since my mom died. I don't think I've quite taken into account 
just how much grief has affected me over the course of the last eight months or so. It's hard. Grief is hard. It's not linear. It's never easy. It's never straightforward. And it kind of follows you. And when I saw this interaction deteriorating in a way that my mom and myself deteriorated in terms of our relationship, I knew unequivocally that I didn't want that to happen again. Because for so many years, I had let it go. I had given my mom the opportunity to be unchecked, to never be called out for anything. And what ended up happening is I ended up calling her out in such a way that probably wasn't as constructive as it could have been. It could have been a conversation that happened over years. It could have been something we worked on together, something that was constructive. And I never gave her that opportunity, never gave myself that opportunity. And so I did it. Ever since my mom died, the idea of how I spend my time has been very, very much on my mind. Who I spend my time with, the quality of which I spend my time, and what my priorities are. And you could laugh at that because I spend a lot of my free time podcasting because it's something that I love. But what you don't realize is that of seven days a week, two of those are really spent podcasting for the most part. And I'm talking about two nights. Most of the other time I spend working, taking care of my home, being with my wife, being with my son, spend, spending time that is so precious, making those memories and making sure that I'm as present as I can possibly be. When I encounter people who want to waste my time or seemingly want to waste my time or seemingly don't respect my time and who are disrespectful toward the way that I'm choosing to spend my time when I'm not obligated in a financial sense or in a employment sense to be with them, it rubs me the wrong way. And I've realized that I'm not going to settle for second best when it comes to the time that I have on this earth. I don't know how much time it is, never know, nobody ever knows. But what I can control is how present I am, what I can control is how I spend it. The quality of the company that I keep matters to me. And what I don't want is to allow something to continue unchecked and not give the other person the benefit of knowing that we could have fixed it. Five years were lost when my mom and I decided that we didn't want to have a relationship anymore. At the time, it felt very one-sided, but as I've thought about it over the years, it was a conscious decision on both parts. Five years. My mom is no longer on this earth, and I can't get that time back. Nobody can. Nobody can get any time back. I never want to be put in that position again. Never want to be put in a position that somebody that matters to me was not given the chance to continue to be in my life because I didn't take the time to figure out what the hell was going on with me. And so I've changed a little bit, I guess. I've changed in my approach to life. I've changed in the way that I want to look at the people around me. And it doesn't mean that I'm not gonna put up with any, any BS. It doesn't mean that, hey, you're gone if you start to waste my time. No, I'm just more conscious of it. And I need to be more proactive rather than reactive to it. I was reactive when my mom got under my skin about the way that I was spending my time, about the way that I spent my money. And I think I did her a disservice and our relationship a disservice by never mentioning it, never broaching the subject. It's not fair. 
And so in this case, I decided to. And integrity, integrity means a lot to me. It's always meant a lot to me. The idea that I give respect, you get respect, right? Things like that. And I realized to myself that the integrity of what I do, it matters. And hearing that somebody feels that something I did was a failure that they were a part of, when I know that I put so much time, so much real effort, real emotion, a passion project. They call it a, what is it? A, a passion project or a labor of love. A labor of love is just that, it's a labor, which means it's hard, it means it's work. Labor in and of itself is work, but it's a labor of love, which means it's something that you enjoy. Love inherently is a positive thing. I mean, I guess if you love drugs, it's not necessarily a positive thing, but when you are talking about a labor of love, most people think of that as terms of their home. You love your children, but it's difficult. Raising kids is hard. Life is hard. Anything that you do that's a hobby that means something to you. When I ran, when I ran marathons, that was a passion project. That was a labor of love. I didn't just get up and run 26 miles. No, it was a lot of work, a lot of dedication. That's the point. It gave me life. So many things in my life give me that joy, give me that life. And so I need to remember that how I spend my time matters, how I treat the people in my life matters, and how I give them the opportunity to better themselves in the relationship that I have. Because I know that I'm always going to go back and overanalyze. I'm always going to scrutinize myself. I'm always going to be the hardest critic. Like if you're listening to this, you don't have no idea. No matter what you say to me, I will always say something much, much harsher to myself. It's always going to be the reality. It is what it is. And so I guess I wanted to put this episode together to let you know, this is what I've been thinking. This is what's been going on. And to give you a little insight into the way I think about my job as not just the host of this show, but the creator of Maddie Ice Media, the owner the advocate for so many other voices that I want to be. I have to have integrity. I have to have conviction. I have to know what I want. My moral compass has to be strong. And that's what I want to strive for. And so to this person, I'm sorry that I didn't give you that opportunity earlier. You deserved more from me, but ultimately your friendship means more to me than the show and the podcasting world. Because podcasting world will always be there but friendships don't always stay there forever friendships come and go and at this point in my life where the pandemic has separated us so much from other people and it's taken away so much and as you get older you just start to be around less people I guess I don't want to have that happen and so I made that choice because I thought it was the right thing to do for our friendship and for the lasting relationship that we had built over the course of the last couple of years through the podcasting world. So that's all that I got for this week. Not really somber. I'm not in a somber mood. I'm just pensive thinking about a lot of stuff. We have a lot of change happening here at the Freights household, brand new kitchen, been living in the studio for the last couple of weeks while all that is happening. My son is getting older and older, talking so much more. Life is full full of a lot of joy. And honestly, I don't think I could be happier. And let's hope that I do get happier because that's the goal. So I hope this is finding you well. 
I'd love to know what you're thinking about this time of year. I'd love to know what you're struggling with. Maybe you've had an epiphany. Maybe you've had some moment in which you've rethought your entire algorithm, your entire formula. And you're like me, are just trying to keep going and, and get better. If you've lost somebody, whether it's recent, it doesn't have to be recent to show grief. I feel for you. And I'm thinking about you. Hug your loved ones, folks. It means the world to them. It means the world to you. And ultimately, when you look back on your life and you look back on the past, you are never going to begrudge that one extra hug or that one extra text or that one extra kiss because you'll always cherish them. Take care, everybody. I'll talk to you next week. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Soulfully Casual with Matt Freights are those of Matt Freights and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Soulfully Casual with Matt Freights is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.